Here's to the class of 2020. All right, thank you for listening to the ESPC Sports Betting Financial Podcast. We also cover local political corruption. We have a mental health first aid kit on Friday, every Friday with a doctor in psychology. So everybody has to have basic mental health knowledge these days. Uh, and maybe if they need to escalate it, they'll don't know why, or you can take, take care of something minor. Now, I always go, every business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. So the purpose of the podcast is to make me money. So we got the guys there from the number one sports talk show in San Diego, the guys that gave you the good information. We sat around and we gave each other information. So we went 63.5% as a group on NFL games, every over and under. And we taught you how to win betting on sports. It's not about uh, giving a man a fish, it's teaching him how to fish. Second purpose of the, of the podcast is to make you money and to give you information you are not going to hear anywhere else. I got uh, several advanced degrees, I got several securities licenses. And what does that mean, right? It's meaningless to you unless it makes you money. So I'm giving you information that you're not gonna get anywhere else, but it's on an academic level. And number three is, so you get skills, basic mental health skills, like uh, controlling your anger and uh, lack of impulse control before you make a decision, decision science. And to that end, every Tuesday, we got Greg Wolf from the Wolf Line, and we're gonna get into the weeds of uh, technical-wise, from A to Z, on an academic level, right? This is information you could take, you couldn't take, right? It's gonna be better than what you could take at Warden if you took a class on uh, sports betting as it relates to the financial markets 101. Thank you, Greg, for joining us. Always a pleasure, Josh. All right. So the topic of today's podcast, I always like to go broad to narrow, is all things regulation. But we're going to give you, and I think that's a great podcast as well, uh, because I was talking to a guy uh, who was seeking my counsel yesterday. He was getting into the financial service industry. And it's great for people to understand what goes on in the corporate world, the working world, and the owning your own business world, as far as what are laws and regulations and how it pertains to the sports betting market and regionally. And you guys have a great advantage that, uh, it, you know, Warden has done studies, Harvard Business School has done studies, that the most diverse uh, companies and, and individuals make the most money. And diversity is not just race or gender or, co- you know, or disability, is region. And Greg and I have lived in all sides of the country. And you see every state has its own laws. You know, as Trump saying COVID-19, well, let the states do what they want. Because the states, each state has its own laws. Each region has its own culture, right? And one of the basic things in life is know your surroundings. So we're going to get into detail of how laws functionally affect you, affect your money, regulations, uh, 
guidelines, ethical, what's unethical, or whether it has any teeth or enforcement mechanisms. To that end, if you could start us with the history, Greg, right from the beginning, right? And I guess the beginning would be maybe 1913 when the Federal, uh, Federal Reserve was formed. Well, I think for our purposes, I mean, it's a lot to unpack uh, for, you know, the last hundred plus years of right. how we're going to conflate um, the, you know, financial market, investment markets, investment contract markets with uh, sports, quote unquote, sports betting now and how that's kind of just a redux of what already happened hundred over a hundred years ago and it all starts in 1911 well, okay when the states started the states were given uh, control over the regulation of of investment contracts and how those would be uh determined and the the rules and and uh, and uh, laws that would be would be uh, impressed upon the investment contracts that, that took place in the, those states. And between 1911 and 1933, uh, the federal government just allowed, because the, the, US, the U.S. is meant to be, you know, X amount of states, however many states, it was 48 in 1933, it's 50 now, obviously, but it's 50 states in, or 50 countries inside one country. That's basically the way it goes until something is federally legal or illegal. So in 19, between 1911 and 1933, the federal government allowed the states to kind of do their best as you're, as you're seeing take place and, and replay itself exactly now with the sports betting as it became federally legalized uh, with the repeal of PASPA. Right. Two years ago. So, between 1911 and 1933, they had blue sky laws in each state, and they were different for in each state was different, just like you're seeing now, uh, with a tremendous amount of inconsistency, inefficiency. <clears throat> the states just could not do the, do the job. They, 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 states, for the most part, are, are not uh, able to do so. If you've ever been involved in any kind of state government, they're 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 a complete fiasco most of the time. And so in 1933, the federal government realized that and Congress passed the Federal Securities Act of 1933. Now, and, and something uh, that I think is relevant because during that time, right, and you can see it mm -hmm. today, right, when Andrew Cuomo announces his daughter, it's, oh, here's Cara Kennedy Cuomo. So during that time, right, during that prohibition time was the time where Joseph Kennedy was making a lot of money. Oh, yeah, he was a bootlegger, right? right. And then, he, of course, he got involved. He's one of the one of the favorite Joe Kennedy stories of, of lure is, uh, you know, when you get the, the stock tip from the shoeshine boy. At, uh, right. I guess it was a day. Right? And, he, and he's in 1929, so he, stole, he sold all his stocks. And then, uh, you know, the, the market crashed, obviously, and went into depression. But uh, that, then he, the whole Kennedy election, 1960, and Sinatra and Giancana and all that stuff, right. everybody knows 
everybody knows those stories, I think, by now. But uh, but getting getting back to what what happened is in 1933, uh, the um, by 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 that time, 47 of 48 states had blue sky laws in place for invest for regulating investment contracts within their states. Uh, the only one, interestingly, that did not was Nevada, where sports betting was legalized in 1931. So Nevada had a 1931, right? 1931. So Nevada had a has has before uh, before the PASPA uh, repealed. In reality, Nevada had uh, you know a, a, a monopoly nationally over. Uh, uh, sports betting in this country for uh, over 85 years. Right. So you just can't do that. I mean, again, that's a violation of Article 4, Section 2 of the Constitution if other states want to do that. Um, and and that was, you know, thankfully repealed and now everybody's doing what they want. But as you can see, people are scrambling around like their heads on fire at the state level and you have some states where they're putting a, a the minimum minus 125 minus 125 you know juice on particular you know or vig or or transaction cost or brokerage fee or whatever you want to call it um you know on 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 any particular bet you have other states that are uh, have single brokerages so it's singular execution booker book bookmakers or brokers or broker dealers uh, whatever you want to call that, which is. And, just and I want to get into that later after we talk about, because I want to give people uh, a good story, a good narrative, right? Right. Major. So I want to I give people, if I was in court, knock on wood, of uh, last 30 years, I've been in court 21 times and I'm 21 and 0. Knock on wood, and people can see my uh, victory on Hot Bench. That's not bad. <laughs> so, but but the, the timeline is always important when we talk to lawyers. So, right. so just, have those laws, you have the blue sky laws, you have only four states that can bet. The only one, only two that ever took advantage of it was Nevada in a very, very far distant second was uh, Oregon. Oregon for a while, longest time, and they've done it again now, is with their lottery system, you can pick uh, all the NFL games, right? And you know, if you get them right. all, and Delaware, Delaware had the Delaware had the little, their little, you know, three team minimum parlay or three bet minimum parlay. To, and that's to, important. You know, Joe Biden's running for president, so if, you know, yeah, yeah. trying to figure out how to make some money, doing some sort of nationwide bill uh, for sports betting, and Joe Biden's president, then that that's when it'll be relevant. So now. Why did? Because you're in New Jersey, and uh, every place I've lived in, I followed uh, local politics. Uh, instead of watching TV for purely recreational entertainment purposes, now that I've gotten old, uh, older, uh, I feel like it's my civic duty. But when I was in the Northeast, specifically New York, I was always interested in uh, the local politics, the way things broke down. And in New Jersey, you have the rise of uh, attorney. Uh, now he's an advisor for Trump, Chris Christie. So why did Chris Christie uh, attempt, as governor of New York, 
to have no. He was Christie was Christie was governor of New Jersey, right? Yeah, not anymore. Governor of New Jersey, that's right. Now it's Phil Murphy, who's a Goldman Sachs guy, right? <laughs> right. And before it was a Goldman Sachs guy, Corzine. And I think he's oh yeah, yeah that yeah. <laughs> Uh, you could you could go back a long a long time with uh, with New Jersey and a lot of other states. Corzine got it, resigned, whatever you call him, and got away right. with uh, quite a bit yeah. of theft. And there's but a just, lot of in yeah. Right, just to, just to finish. So in, in 1933, so we're we're on back on the timeline. Right. The federal uh, the the U.S. the Congress passed the Federal Securities Act of 1933, and then the SEC was formed in 1934. So what you see now is, and I'm not sure why nobody else can understand that, but again, we talked about this before, it's just a waste of time and money of, of the states and the legislators, legislation of the states that are, uh, they're making the same mistake. And at any moment, the SEC is going to uh, become uh, the regulator, the, the federal regulator, because it's a completely federal issue uh, and has to be so that's gonna that's gonna change and once that changes then everything changes because then that affects the wire act of 1961 because in 1946 uh howie versus sec uh, or the sec versus howie uh was determined by uh justice frank murphy in his comments his his his, uh, his majority opinion comments he was talking about I cannot prove this, but he was talking about sports investment contracts as being debt by definition securities. So that's the direction that we're going in. And um, people should prepare for that as well as from a tax standpoint, like we talked about earlier. Right, right, right. And we'll get into that. So as far as the timeline, why did, uh, so we got that, right? We got the regulations of, you know, 1934, you know, big it came up in big little lives too, right? And to this day, people are still breaking those laws. But I want to get into why did Chris Christie, the first time, uh, go into repealing FASA? Well, he was a U.S. attorney, and he, I guess he knew. Well, I mean, again, it's not. It's a bit of speculation on my part, but New Jersey is a, is a tax and spend state, just like a lot of states are. Point. Right. And New Jersey, New York, California take it to a whole other level. I know uh, yeah. California is 13%. New York State is about the same. What is New Jersey? I don't know, but I know that Illinois is up there too. Right. Illinois is pretty bad too, but but the point is that at the state level, if you're getting if you're going to get any, any kind of ta uh, tax revenue, I mean, they're, they've gotten they're, people are just just fleeing these these high tax states at a, at, a, at an alarming rate, and because property taxes basically, you know, you, you can only squeeze a lemon so much, right? Right, right. and. Uh, so anytime that a potential new uh, source of tax revenue comes up, then you're going to get people listening in Trenton or in uh, Sacramento or where, where, wherever it has to go because the, yeah. the, the way that... Uh, yeah, so New the, Jersey uh, uh, state income tax is 
Right. And and Delaware, that's why a lot of people go to Delaware is extremely, it's just right next door, just to the south. Right. And it's a lot more uh, favorable for business as well as from a tax structure standpoint. So a lot of people were going from Del- from South Jersey, from Jersey just to, to Delaware. Now, in Florida, they're just, you know, people are going from New York to Florida. People are moving from California to Texas. And a lot of these states are saying, we don't want you here, you know, because you're going to bring your your political uh, values with you, and they don't want that. But right. going back to New Jersey, uh, anytime that you're going to see a, a, a tax uh, resource that is uh, is not, you know, just, just continuing to, to beat on the, uh, the dead horse of uh, – of uh, property taxes, they're going to get very enthusiastic about that in Trenton, and that's what happened. And started looking at it, and really, it was it was an extremely silly law, and it made no sense from the beginning. Um, you know, Harry Reid was involved with that and all, so it gave Nevada uh, pure monopoly over over single game wagering, I guess if you want to call it that, still, and. Um, and now it's gone. And and what happens is that that it's it's kind of a, a mad rush, and uh, these people are, are you know at the state level you have um, you know all these inconsistencies, and a lot of it is uh, right. Is, right. So is, it's called the the Sports Professional Amateurs Protection Act, and it makes it unlawful for state to sponsor, operate, or advertise, promote, license, authorize sports wagering. Nevada was exempted from the law in three other states, Montana, Delaware, Oregon. At a time, New Jersey could have allowed sports wagering, right? If it acted within the laws when you're affected. Oh yeah. And that's when, and that's, and that's, right. Right. And that's, and that's, and that's when, and that's when Bill Bradley went on his maudlin ridiculous, you know, rant about, you know, he played for the Knicks for a few years, and he said, "Oh, I don't want to be treated as a roulette chip." I mean, a roulette and is a closed uh, system, and has nothing to do with an open, dynamically adjusting market like sports. Uh, it's charged as no no correlation whatsoever. So there was a moronic statement by him. It was actually passed what's called the Bradley Bill. Right. Got it. And they so talk about trying to pass a new law. In 2014, so Christie's the governor, and they pass a law with uh, with the paid-off legislature here. Uh, yeah. In 2014, simply repealed uh, key provisions of his pro- prohibitions on sports wagering to the extent they applied to uh, racetracks and casinos. Right. So what happens? The racetracks. Which you shouldn't have. Which you shouldn't have. The New Jersey legislature and paid off Chris Christie to pass this law so they can get revenue, and then the state gets taxed, right? Right, and at a certain point, that's another thing that dovetails onto this. If the, the tax structure and the, the, the brokerage structure, which is happening right now, and you see, you see these new operators, whatever you want to call them, right, coming right. in and, and booking the bets legally, most people are staying with they're either they're offshore or they're local illicit bookmakers that they've had because the the margins are much lower and they're much more uh but before we get into that let's let's set up like they say in court right let's set up the foundation 
So, okay. or yeah, yeah, before we get to the local taxes, right? So going from macro to, to micro, the, the courts rule against the state prompting Christie to take the state to the Supreme Court. The New Jersey sees the case as a state's rights issue, right? Now, state's rights issue is to the heart of conservative Republican ideology, right? States' rights, and it goes back to Lincoln, federal government versus mm -hmm. states, states, states' rights. So, very important that uh, the Supreme Court had, uh, you know, Justice Kennedy, had Justice Roberts, had Justice Scalia, had Justice uh, Thomas, and now Kavanaugh, because they are conservative and they believe in states' rights, right? So that's why Trump is saying, okay, states' rights, you guys do what you want as far as uh, COVID-19. It's unconstitutional because it violates the so-called anti-commandeering principle of the 10th Amendment that bars Congress from ordering states to participate in a federally regulated uh, scheme, okay? Right, but that gets, that, the, the 10th Amendment gets confusing because people don't run, understand that there's a, a difference between the, the federal government forcing a state to do something and then, and, and, and the states doing something that is federally illegal. Because the, the supremacy law of the Constitution, if something is federally illegal, then the states cannot do it. Right. But if it's federally legal, the states are allowed to say, we're not going to do it, right? Exactly. That's, that's the 10th of it. It's, it's, an, it's kind of an ambiguous, like, like right. uh, you, know, so, you can do this, so, but you can't do it. Right. So, it's, but it's, I do know that. But I do know a certain that, point, but what's important, and it's a good concept to bring in here, two things, right? So now we know what happened right from the beginning. Then we go to Christie. Christie ends up winning. Why did Christie win, right? Because decisions are not made in this country by what people are gaslighting you with, right? People will say, we're making this for, uh, you know, sometimes they'll say monetary reasons. Sometimes they'll say moral and ethical reasons. It's, no, you know, it's a combination, right? It's a combination of decision-making, made and i use these concepts to wager and win on games that's why i get to 70 to 80 percent because i'm not just using math i'm not just using uh the situation the players and the coaching involved i'm also using politics because politics influences a lot read the tim donahue book right tim donahue does a great narrative of how politics right and how culture influences the outcome of basketball games professional i don't know all i know i do know i do know that there's a very famous quote that uh, you can you can show no interest in politics but eventually politics is going to show an interest in you so if you want to talk about politics right it eventually gets into it so it's very important and we're doing a great job here of illustrating to you how politics is involved in sports and it's not just trump saying hey i'm going to increase your you know your tax inception uh 
if you come back early. There, there's a lot more involved to it. So at this well, point, I, I, what yeah. it comes down to on a state level, what it comes down to on a state level when in the direction that you're going is, you know, there are statistics and data, which is something that, you know, the Wolf Line is uh, really a data providing right. uh, provision company with exclusive data as far as pricing markets and, and using the technical quantitative side of markets. And, right. and then we'll get into next week. But once, 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 the, once the statistics and data are skewed and, they're and the funding from the federal government is contingent on what the statistics and the data say from the states, then you just have corrupt data. Once you have corrupt data, then it's useless. Right. You know, and I talk about, I started talking about this, uh, breaking down the, the homeless situation with uh, Dr. Gardner. People can hear those podcasts. That if you start, because the, the data is flawed when it comes to the homeless population. And when it's the same way they flawed the homeless population data, it's the same way they're making the COVID-19 data flawed. So when you start yeah. with a false premise, you are most likely gonna come up with a faulty conclusion. That's why when we get hardcore into the betting games, not all home games are created equal, right? Well, bad data, as far as all that goes, that's, again, from my perspective, that's yeah, all yeah, correct. No, Greg doesn't get involved in that, right? Greg, Greg gives you tools so we can go ahead and make a good decision. Now, what I do is I tell you what my educated decision is, right? So you can use it or not use it, but the whole point is that you come up with your own methodology and your own picks. That's where we're going. But when I 80 to 90% on games, right, that have a political flavor to it, it's a military game, uh, there's going to be flyovers, right? I'm 80% on that. And so what does that mean? That means that my wife hasn't paid for gasoline from non-betting money since 2011. Every major purchase she makes of a dress that's over $400, she just bought a $250 purse, she gets it from the betting money, right? And it's because of those flyover games, me winning 80%, 90% of LA inflated lines. That's what she's functionally using to buy dresses and purses and we're doing well. We got money in retirement. We got money in savings. We got money in checking. And I asked her one time, so we have all this money everywhere. Why are you always getting the betting money? And she's like, because it makes me feel better to use betting money than to use the money we have in checkings or in savings. Right? So we're giving you here functional, actionable information to put money in your pocket, right? You want to watch Stephen A. Smith? Ask yourself, is Stephen A. Smith making you any money? You, and I get upset I, about this, right? Because I they're wasting time. It's Max Silverman making you any money. Is uh, right. ESPN making? They're not. Greg and I, well, I are making you money, and we're giving you real talk, and we're for real. I think it's interesting because, again, the, the, uh, the, the new sports betting media right. uh, little cabal there that you know they talk about being cnbc for sports i mean it's so ridiculous uh there there's and there's another thing that is not 
being regulated as it should. You know, financial media. If you have a, if you're on a, a financial media station, you're not allowed to have a position in a, a, any particular investment uh, uh, vehicle that you're discussing right. on, for obvious reasons, on television. Right. But you have these sports media uh, shows now where who knows what they're doing? They could be, you know, pump and dumping all day long, you know, with their positions, and they're not in any way regulated against having. Uh, a position or a bet on in a, in a game that they're talking about. And in, in, there's been since the beginning of time. And I just recently Phil Mickelson and, uh, these, uh, and was playing with Tom Brady against this right. past Sunday, and Tiger Woods and, and, uh, and uh, Peyton Manning. And of course we know that Phil Mickelson was involved in Billy Walters with that insider trading scheme with Dean foods a couple of years back. Yeah, we'll talk uh, about know. who Billy Walters is. Yeah, well, he's just he's a guy that's been, you know, for some reason people beatify him. I guess everybody needs some kind of folk hero, but uh, he's he's a uh, because supposedly prominent. he made a lot of money sports betting. Yeah. The way I'm going to tie it in, right, with our timeline is Christie goes right. to the Supreme Court. They win the Supreme Court decision that each state, right, can now. Uh, legalized sports betting and at this point 22 states has done that right so uh we're gonna let greg finish his story but what we're gonna do is we're gonna tie in billy walters who's a famous sports better into how nevada because we're close to nevada has been in the movies how they their state government works and then we're gonna go through the other states and then from there we're gonna go specifically into, because I do uh, tax mitigation for some clients. So we're gonna go into detail how uh, my wife is buying gasoline and buying expensive dresses and purses legally with betting money and how that ties into taxes as a guy who owns three businesses, right? So what, what were you saying, Greg, about um, the whole Phil Nixon, insider trading, Billy Walters? Yeah. I mean, I this Walters was, he's, he's been, I mean, he was on 60 minutes and, you know, he's been around right. for a, a long time. Right. Everybody, everybody, uh, you know, fawns over him as, you know, as being this, this great, uh, Oracle of sports betting and, and all this other nonsense, but he gets convicted, uh, in April of 2017, I believe it was, right. of insider trading with the, this, guy who was on the board member of Dean Foods, which was a, a listed stock, um, I assume on the NYSC, uh, he was on the board of that particular stock, you know, it's not, not a, an everyday company that you hear about, so it's a little bit marginal, and this guy, you know, had a relationship, I guess, with Walters, and this is all proven, it's, it's already been adjudicated, so it's not a speculation on my part, Right. and I guess Walters is friends with Mickelson, so... Walters gets the information and he had, he had made, you know, 32 million in profits and avoided 11 million in losses by that time, uh, since, you know, between 2008 and 2014, I'm reading right here. And, uh, I don't have this off the top of my head, but, um, you know, so accurately that's uh, $43 million that he, he kind of unlawfully enriched himself with, with this information from the guy from the Dean Foods board member. And then he sent that over to, to, he told Mickelson about something that was going to happen 
from my memory, literally the next day, a, you know, a, a, a favorable comment was going to be made, non-public information by Dean Foods, right? So Mickelson right. comes in and, and never had a position in Dean Foods before. Somehow it gets a position in Dean Foods. The news comes out, he makes a million dollars, and the SEC looks at it and they say, hey, Phil, uh, would you know? You know, it doesn't take a genius to figure it out. The guy never had a position before in the in the stock, and he he, he makes a million dollars the day before something happens. You know, good news comes out. So, anyway, so he he rolls over. He didn't have to do the time, but there's an old Latin phrase they use in laws. You know, falsus in uno, falsus in omnibus means you know if you if you do something once and you're you're not uh, completely um, uh, honest about it, you're going to most likely do that with everything. Right. So the contexts are irrelevant. And now you got Nicholson on Sunday, and Walters got released because of this whole COVID thing, because recently, only a year and a half, now he's on house arrest. But right. now you got Nicholson dealing with Tom Brady, and, 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 and you know, who knows what's being said there. And, and the point that I want to make... Oh, yeah. No, people were betting clear. on that. Crazy, right? Well, yeah, and who knows what Brady might be saying to Mickelson about, you know, maybe his. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to speculate, but he's still he's still playing. He's still a a, a security. That, well, that, that, that's that circumstantial evidence, right? That's circumstantial evidence, and 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 I hate to put it this way, but I'm just being real with people. Uh, they put yeah. black guys in jail with more circumstantial evidence than that. So. I'm yeah, gonna, he, I'm gonna touch on two so points. Mickelson just Mickelson just had to pay, he had to pay the million dollars back that he that he made because the nuances of 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 rule SEC rule 10b 5-1 are kind of strange as far as who knows what when and, and all that. There's a lot of ambiguity, but my point there is that people have to realize that there's no difference between non-public information going from Dean Foods guy to Walters to Phil Mickelson and non-public information going from Phil Mickelson to Walters to Dean Foods guy. It's just a different context. Again, same church, different pew, right? So, right, right. So what people so, have to understand is that this needs to be regulated by the SEC. And if they're going to have an actual market, and we're talking about a multi-trillion dollar market now. So you're going to need to have the, the investigations happen. You're going to need to have the wiretaps, the checking of the, uh, of the the bank accounts, you know. The, right, the, but, but before we get there, right, so let's, let's set up the foundation of people, right? We don't want to put the cart in front of the horse. So yeah. you have uh, Chris Christie goes to the Supreme Court. He wins the decision. So at that point, Greg and I are making the point that the way you bet on a game, it's the same way you bet on a – or the same way – it's almost like a bit. Greg made the great point how how many times were you listening to financial people? They say, "Oh, we're making a bet on this company." Da da da. But the same it's way, all just making it's all just semantics. Yeah. It's all just semantics. You got bet. You know, it's what it's what the public is comfortable with hearing. You know, investment is probably so is is investment is is most likely the the easiest term for them to swallow. Right. Bet is probably the least you know, the, the most difficult term for them to swallow and, and the rest are in between there. You got, you know, hedging, you got trading. You got the same way you make any business decision, and that's what we teach your business science, is the same way you wager on a sporting event. So at the point Chris Christie 
gets this passed to the Supreme Court, you have people, the betting market, and I think it's, uh, these numbers are low, but the betting market, illegal betting market, it's at least $100 billion with a B, right? Uh, so part of the reason so is low. because the legal that's betting market so, was part of that. Those right. numbers are so low, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Because you talk about the 60 million people that are, you know, that, that switched over to Ameritrade and E-Trade and all that with sports betting. Uh, you couldn't do it because there wasn't any sports. Right, you had last 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 quarter was a huge was there was millions of new um, uh, online brokerage retail accounts open because people and people just went flying blind into financial markets. They don't know what they already know is my point as far as sports and financial markets. And if they just would learn how the logic and the the structure and the, the mechanics of of financial markets work relative to sports and vice versa uh and the tools and the analytics that you apply to determine overbought oversold irrationality levels and right right and but, but to be quite honest price. but to be quite honest the the financial regulation markets were extremely flawed in 1929 that they had to be changed and they were extremely flawed not too long ago when you look at it in 2008 where, and this is a good time to explain, explain to us in 2008, the, uh, the Dodd-Frank Act. Well, what's interesting there, I think the, the most important, of course, that's, they are, are brilliant at after the, after the fact is over, everybody <laughs> comes out and says, in Congress, you know, or, you know, in Congress we say, you know, this needs to happen now. This is so terrible when you, when, when, you know, just follow the money to see where, where that, that, uh, who benefited from all that stuff. And that actually was the impetus for me getting out of traditional financial markets was 2008. And then the fed stepped in and started the printing press and, and everything started and everything went from there just became a fiasco. But what I find interesting pre that time period is that, uh, if you were a member of Congress, you were legally able to profit off of uh, non-public information in the markets and in commodities markets as well until, I mean, if people watch the movie Trading Places and um, what the Beaks and, or what Beaks and the Dukes did wasn't even illegal at that time, which I guess was 1983. And it wasn't illegal for 35 years. To, after that, to pre to profit off of uh, non-public information, right? right. Profit off non-public information. So, for the purpose was, of the audience, was, stuff was messed up, right? And and this is very important too. Stuff was so messed up. 2008, Dodd Frank had to go in there and clean up a bunch of stuff. Okay, clean up a bunch, of, and that's 12 years ago. All right, that this yeah. had to happen. Another very important. Part that uh, you know, and uh, Greg and I went through this. Uh, you get busted as a registered representative or as an investment advisor if you do not adequately measure uh, and the risk involved of your client, the, the, the risk that your clients involve certain investments, right? As a hedge fund 
manager. I don't know how he did this, but I'll give him credit because this man can BS better than most people in the whole world. Tommy Tuberville. He, he got in trouble and he got arrested as a uh, hedge fund manager in 2013 for putting his clients who gave him whatever, a billion dollars uh, in <clears throat> very risky investments. He got away with it because he didn't have any, he didn't have as much education, Tommy Tuberville, as uh, Greg and I. And he got a billion dollars and lost it. A bunch of people got himself in trouble. He made like 23 million of it. Uh, Tommy Tuberville, he got in, in trouble for that, that putting uh, clients in it. So not right now, Trump endorsed Tuberville against Sessions in the uh, Senate race in Alabama, okay? in the point that I'm making and through all this podcast is, listen to us, Greg and I give you advice, and do your own research. So you know who the Tommy Tuberville's are of the world and how they affect marketing games. So my point also with the Tommy Tuberville risk story that in 2008, uh, mortgage-backed securities had a risk profile of zero. So in 2008, if I told all my clients to invest in mortgage-backed securities, FINRA was not going to mess with me because their skill had it at zero. What should have mortgage-backed securities and derivatives have in 2006, 2007? What should their risk profile should have been? It should have been 100%, right? Because that's what caused uh, the, two, the 2008 meltdown that it pales in comparison to this meltdown. But it's a lot of uh, excuses people made during that time, during the financial services. Right? Well, what, ended up, what really ended up happening was, was in very simple terms, you had inve inve large investment banks that were just consistently selling premium on toxic mortgages that they would say would not default. And, and they were collecting the premium on these derivatives every month, the same as like an insurance policy or anything like that. And then when they all defaulted and it went to zero, they said, well, we don't have the money to pay. <laughs> right. That's a simple guess. But I'm, I'm just looking at the, uh, in the in 2010, so the movie Trading Place came out in 2003. I'm sorry, 1982. In 2010, uh, the Commodities Futures Trading Commission chief stated, uh, "We have recommended banning using misappropriated government information to trade the commodity markets." In the movie Trading Place, starting starring Eddie Murphy, the Duke brothers intended to profit from trades. Now, this is a guy. This is the head of the CFTC referencing trading places uh prop from trades in frozen concentrated orange juice futures contracts using an illicitly obtained and not yet public department of agriculture orange crop report and they, they called it the eddie murphy rule and it came into effect uh you know in in 2010 under dodd frank so there you have that and th and there's no difference between that and you know again non-public information being you know, going the other way. So that's that's what I think people need to understand. And there's you have pump and dump in sports, scams, and people have been doing that for decades. You have churning, you have front running, you have everything that's that are 
that are illegal in terms of uh, the SEC or the CFTC, and that needs to get addressed. Right, right. And, and I think now that I'm processing the information more, you know, I'm seeing the economic parts of it, and I'm seeing different state senators and uh, different uh, government local guys talk. Uh, I, you're a little bit more optimistic than I am. I think you're like the guy, if you saw the guy chasing Bernie, about the guy who for 10 years uh, was screaming to the SEC about uh, Bernie Madoff. I think, I think. Well, the, guy, the, guys, the, guy, the guys in, the, in whatever with the, uh, the um, CDOs, the guys in that movie, whatever they called the movie, The Big Short, you know, it was the same deal. I, I've had situations with the SEC where I, I went, you know, and the guy, to have a, they have a chapter in the book that talks just uh, talks about it the whole time, like how how it works. You know, they just have they throw out a sacrificial lamb every now and again, like Martha Stewart or something like that, right. uh, you know, to to keep everybody. And then sports does the same thing, you know, with 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 PEDs or they pick and choose, but they know uh, you know how things things are really working and 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 yeah yeah you, you never yeah you never uh, kill the the goose that lays the golden egg. All right, so when Chris King passes this law, you have bookies, uh, local, they, they act like drug dealers. Uh, and, it, you know, I've worked with bookies, but they figure out you're making 80%. <laughs> so there's a few bookies out there that owe me money. And then from that, I went to using uh, online and going trips to Vegas. So when I go to Vegas, I spend about, you know, between ten dollars and $20,000 in Vegas. But that's all paid through with betting money. I usually come home with big well, people. I think, I, think the thing, right, yeah. I think the big thing, gosh, I know we're, run, we're running out of time, but I think the big thing that people should understand about, about sports, you know, sports betting is when the wire act gets repealed and when the SEC does their due diligence and, and steps in and Congress maybe has to do, uh, you know, pass a new law, which doesn't have to be passed because everything is already in place and structured since 1933 and then the subsequent laws since then. But when sports betting becomes, it comes completely out of the shadows and it just, and you see it. And again, this has been supported by, you know, the overlap between when sports betting just, you know, shut down last quarter and everybody flooded over to E-Trade and Ameritrade. Obviously it's the same thing. It's the same, it's the same mindset. So you're going to see, sports on these platforms when that happens you're going to have tax implications so this could affect well, well, well let's get specific all right so when people do the drug dealing stuff with bookies right they get the cash there's, there's the no, so when the state tax. comes in so when the state comes in right right now when i go to get my thirty thousand dollars from the window at the win i ask them to give me 10 grand in cash and to send a $20,000 check, right, to my residence. So when the win does the check, right, they, they send a, uh, because, you know, my finances get reviewed by the SEC, FINRA, at any time. So they send a notice to the state of Nevada and to the feds that they sent this guy uh, $20,000, all right? 
That's what happens in the window. Now, what's important is, and it's important for people, especially listening to this, when they're going on TV and watching different things. Right now, you see the governor of Arkansas going on TV talking about COVID-19. And then you see Gavin Newsom in California, and then you see Andrew Cuomo in New York, and then in New Jersey, all right? So, and in these 22 states, you also see the fat guy from the, right? Uh, Trump calls him the fat guy that complains all the time. The governor from Illinois. Illinois is also legalized sports betting. So when you place a bet, Greg, in Illinois, uh, California is going to be online next year. Uh, and, and you have, in the local governments, you have the Indian casino. So the, you're going to have tribal law. So you have... Uh, well, that doesn't even make... That, that, doesn't, that doesn't even make... The, the, the tribes have no business being within 100 miles of any of this stuff. It has nothing to do with them. They can have all the, they can have all the slot machines they want. But until you get you know the tribal nations coming in and having and having uh and and setting up uh exchanges you know that are that uh comply with federal securities law then they shouldn't have anything to do with you know well right now california they're they're paying off the local assembly and senators because they don't they feel they're going to lose revenue from uh, sports betting yeah, so when you catch happen. a ticket in New Jersey, Greg, right? When you catch a yeah. ticket in New Jersey right now, today, how is that being taxed? Well, it depends. I mean, you know, you're supposed to claim gambling winnings on your state right. form. Right. But but what's what what's what's inevitable is that once once you get to where the, the wirehouses and the, the, the big broker dealers are gonna be on the other side of the window, uh, then you're going to have to deal with short-term well, capital well, gain. Yeah, as far as the timeline, what, what, what's going on now? Because I think you touched on it before, and Adam Silver, of all people, was on top of this, right? So when you cash a ticket, and that's why you're saying that there's regulation on the juice. The reason there's regulation on the juice is because the state wants to tax the initial transaction right now. <clears throat> yeah. They don't understand that. They don't understand that they're killing their volume. Right. The higher the juice, the less of them. They're going the opposite way of the model. That's why all the racetracks are shutting down because it's too much juice. Who's going to go into, into a market? Say, hey, I'm going to give you less juice for this pick. Right. And they, and, and also that you get, don't get taxed. So what's the what? What is the incentive of going to these? Plus, plus you go to these again. You go to these these operators, and the products that they offer are are horrendous. Right. I don't know how long, how much longer they're even going to be around. Like like but, for me, my, my wife wants to go. It's not just my buddies. Sometimes, sometimes it's my buddies. We go to the wind. We get a nice hotel room. We make the money. We take money home, so on and so forth. But not everybody is betting the way I am. All right. Well, so I don't, I, and I think, I think them, I, when they cash their ticket, whether they're, and this is what I'm going to say, right? Because I've been around. When you cash your ticket in Arkansas, right? When you cash your ticket in Biloxi, Mississippi, and this is purely because of politics. You, that's why you should know. Mississippi in Arkansas, all right? Or my wife would say Arkansas, right? She's from Florida. 
or even Florida. When Florida, uh, when DeSantis legalizes this next year, and you go to the Hard Rock Casino in Tampa and you place a bet, those bets, or you could use it, the states that are opening up first in COVID-19, those states, you're going to be taxed less on your transaction or your ticket than you are in New Jersey or California when you cash your ticket. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, but but to to go again, the direction you were going there as well. Now that we're in this post-COVID time or whatever, I mean, physical sports books, just like physical exchanges, were on their way out anyway. I mean, they're a very small percentage of the the transactions occur in the physical sports books, right? Which, again, this has nothing to do with casinos, but this is even going to be less now because it's all going to be it's, we're going to be more mobile because of this whole well, the difference is going to be the win. The win all day feels comfortable giving me ten grand cash and twenty dollar check. When you do it on your app, the the government is going to know a hundred percent what you should have been taxed. Well, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an entirely different scene. And and again, people should understand before they make their political decisions that you have a the the, the left side of the political spectrum has been talking about up to 50% tax on short-term capital gains, which is anything that happens within less than two years. Right. So you not only have to have to beat the transaction cost, but you have to beat 50% capital gains you're gonna give up on your winnings. Right, and that's you get a guy like me who does tax mitigation and says that you left it into the account for two years and you actually got a loss, but at the same time you use the money from your winnings. Right. That's, that's higher level stuff that we can talk about yeah. later. But so you go from our timeline, Chris Christie gets it passed to the Supreme Court, you get it to now 22 states have legalized it, right? Every state's going to have its uh, different laws, right? And what Greg's talking yeah, that's about where, is that's, five that's to where, 10 that's years where, down the road. That's where it's federal. Right, that, 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 Right. That's where we that's that's where we do, totally disagree, Josh. It's going yeah. to be have to be federal. It's going to have to be. But uniform. when? 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 That's that's what I said. It, it could be tomorrow. It could be next year. I don't know. But it, no, no, I think it's going to be five to ten years. Uh, it's going to uh, coincide with the economy coming back. Right. Because uh, in state legislatures, what I know about them is that uh, what they say about Dillinger, he went to the banks because that's where the money is. What they want is, I think that was Willie on the backs of cannabis, right? <laughs> cannabis, yeah, cannabis was uh, was the precursor uh, of these two sins, right? If you will, becoming legal and uh, cannabis. Yeah, cannabis is still cannabis is still federally illegal, though. Right. So that's you get a banking. However, Colorado has had a windfall, right? And then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington didn't, but then they started following the, Was- the, the, the Colorado model. So the state of Washington and the state of Colorado have had a windfall in tax money, tax revenue from cannabis. So Colorado just legalized sports betting, and they're going to use the same model. And the purpose specifically stated by the state legislatures in Colorado for legalizing sports betting is because of 
the windfall they got from the tax revenue from Canvas. So now you take COVID-19, you put it into state revenue as far as taxes being lower and we're in a depression, recession. Uh, the federal government is not gonna step in in any fashion to limit uh, tax revenue from coming to the states. I think eventually you're right. However, you know, Dodd-Frank didn't happen until 2008, right? So, and uh, you got states, I, I right? Dodd-Frank Dodd, 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 was 2010, I believe. 2010? Yeah, was 2010. 2010. They wait till all the dust settled from the, the right, right, the exactly. So we went from let's say 2006 to 2010, and then uh, part of Dodd Frank's been repealed now. So for the federal regulators to get involved, uh, it's going to take I think at least five up to ten years before. Well, again, the the only thing, the only only counter argument I have to that is right. is the cryptocurrency where the CFTC just kind of one day out of the blue said, okay, cryptocurrencies are going to be commodities. So they have the power, you know, you some people call these, these federal commissions the fourth branch of government because they're supposed to be nonpartisan and they're, and they have a tremendous amount of power that really is, is not uh, they're, you know, it's who, who's regulating the regulators type of thing. And they well, make this, these- This is the thing, and, and we'll close with this, right? With this education to the public of that. You gotta figure out, you gotta figure out the scam and then out scam the scam, apparently. <laughs> well, let, let me get, let me give the people, right, exactly, exactly. That's the short version. But let me give the people technical version in terms for them to, re to, uh, to research. There's a difference between a law, right? There's a difference between a regulation. There's a difference between, you're seeing it a lot now with federal guidance. There's a difference between guidelines, right? And there's differences between federal and state memos written by an attorney general or by a justice department. Right, but what's important, and this is the beauty of this show we're wrong, we're honest, and Greg and I can agree to disagree. I only agree with my wife around 50% of the time, that's how you know you're being honest. But Greg and I agree on this one point that unless something has an enforcement mechanism, it is not going to deter behavior. What do you think about that, Greg? I think that the law and justice are at best distant cousins. Right, no. They're cousins like Italians and black people. And the guy, oh, that's my cousin, but they're not really related. They're just, they just know each other. Oh yeah, there's no, no it's the golden rule. He who has the goal makes, makes the rules. There's another one. There's another one. We're you good know. with cliches. We're good right. with cliches. Right, so when you look at all this, you look at all the regulations and taxes, and then Bitcoin, uh, when it comes in, hits your bank account or wherever you have it, uh, the government's tracking it, right? Tracking it through, through, through a certain point. 
uh, your sports betting tickets, the, the, the IRS is tracking it online? Well, sure. It's a tra- at, the tra- at, the, at the racetrack, if you have a signer, you know, which is, I believe it, it's been a while since I've been there, but I believe it, if it's 600 times your initial bet, uh, and then there's another stipulation as well as far as total uh, that you get back, forget what it is in different states. Um, but it's a signer, so you have to sign it, and then it, that goes to the IRS, and you're supposed to claim it. So, right. and, you know, and Billy Walker millions upon millions of dollars uh, evading taxes. Uh, he yeah, I don't, I don't know why everybody loves the guy because if, he bre- if he's breaking the law by running by running scams to be, you know, pump and dumps or, you know, manipulating markets or whatever. The, the people that are, that, are, that are so enamored by him are the ones that are being victimized by it. But no big so they, in, Yeah, in, in crime and corruption, it's not a victimless crime. It has uh, terrible long-term effects on society. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to write up a blog and put it on WordPress. And at the end of it, I'll detail the long-term negative effects that uh, a guy like a Billy Walters has on society. Because there's the other thing too, right? And it goes into the heart of what local politicians are, right? Like uh, Charlie Crisp was questioning Bill Barr in the beginning of uh, the year, right? Charlie Crisp, I know him personally, great guy. He told me there's three types of local politicians. There's corrupt politicians, there's dumb politicians, and there's dumb and corrupt local politicians. So a guy like Billy Walters paid off Nevada's local politicians for him to be able to break the law. And we get into a term, and I'd like to have your opinion on this, and we'll close with this, Greg. Your opinion on selective prosecution. And it's crazy. Uh, it's, it almost feel like the Godfather uh, uh, theme. Once I try to get away and then I get pulled back in. Uh, mm-hmm. Local politician here in Lake Forest by the name of uh, Dwight Robinson that I'm going to, um, cause he, he's enamored with Nelson, uh, uh, whatever that guy is, uh, Nolan Arenado from, uh, Colorado Rockies and he brought him here. I'm going to do a, finish up a podcast on why, uh, baseball players and whoever else should do their research on local politicians before they, uh, sullied themselves with them, all right? So you have this concept that this guy, Dwight Robinson, enamored with Nolan Arenado, gives him the keys to the city, even though Nolan hasn't done anything. So Dwight Robinson goes to me and says, you know what, Josh? There's so many white-collar crimes being committed, so many crimes being committed that the police and government regulations do not have the time to prosecute all of them. And I'm like, why is this Christian family values guy telling me this, right? <laughs> you know? Well, certainly, uh, right. Prosecutions are selective, absolutely. Right. The, yeah. That's why Billy Walters wasn't arrested. And the reason he did get arrested for the insider trading thing, like uh, Greg said, or Mark Rogers, whatever, are purely for political reasons. So when, you're, yeah. when you are handling your business, because really 
first rule of betting is don't bet on your own team. Second, number two is do your research. And this is part of your research is how you are going to manage your bankrupt, right? So two thoughts, Greg, and we'll finish. Your thoughts on selective prosecution, right? And how selective prosecution each state's gonna be is gonna be mitigated by the tax revenue being brought in, right? Selective uh, prosecution and that you need to manage your bankroll the same way you manage your stock portfolio and your retirement account. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think that you uh, well, it's, as far as selective prosecution, I think it all as as everything. It just comes down to who's getting paid and how much are they getting paid based upon what. <laughs> you know, in white collar crime, it's it's much easier in this country and a lot of countries to rob somebody with a ballpoint pen than it is with a gun. You know, so you're gonna get <laughs> you're usually gonna get off a lot easier that way. And that goes, and of course, we it's been proven that. You know, the government, the federal government in this country and many others have been corrupt from top to bottom uh, or bottom to top, you know, to the highest levels, right. which is disconcerting. But um, the other question was, what was the second part of the question? That, you know, and exactly, right, Trump tried to talk about draining the swamp, right? So when you're draining the swamp, that's what he's talking about. And then for your purposes, for the audience purposes, is depending, and we're blessed, lucky that we get downloads from all over the country, from Arkansas to Illinois to New Jersey to Rhode Island. We get a lot of Rhode Island. So Rhode Island, you're going to be taxed on your ticket. Uh, a little different than you might be if you go to Foxwood. So, so that's something interesting to look into. And I'm sure a lot of people on the ground are going to give us information. So the, well, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same theme when the cost of when when the when the customer is just and again you all you have to do is just look at the the dilapidated you know skeletons that are the that are the racetracks of this country uh, you know the the model is the model that appears to be the, the the winning model is the Amazon model right I mean it's a trillion dollar company right so why would you want to go away from that and go and go the antithetical route for that. Right. So whether it comes via taxes or whether it comes via, you know, mandated juice, which is ridiculous, or whether it comes via, um, you know, the, the, the states forcing you to go to one particular bookmaker, which is then going to just gouge you with uh, ridiculous uh, transaction fees and juice, you know, that, that's that's not the model that works. Right. Uh, and, then it's just going to drive the customer so away. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. That's, that's going to be interesting because Greg and I, I'm sure we'll, do, we'll track. Yeah, for the, the right same reason. Are, which for the, aren't. For the, and it's important for, the for same people reason, to track people. Right. For the, for the same people that, for the same reason that people are leaving high tax states and moving out is the same, right. is the exact same reason why they will not uh, patronize these "Quote unquote legal bookmakers, if they are beholden to these extreme fees and and taxes, it's just right. not going to happen. No. And the only thing the only thing that'll stop it is if the feds come out like you know the, the Gestapo and just really crack down on on the locals and uh, and the offshores. That's the only thing that's going to stop it. And then at that point, you basically get to the China model, where the China sports lottery, I think they charge thirty percent juice." Which you know, 
if that's if that's what people if that's what the government thinks is is going to uh, the government's plural think that that's going to be a, a, a smart model, well, then they're just going to go the, the the industry is just going to go the way of horse racing, which is not good. Nobody cares about it anymore. No, that'll be interesting, and we've given people a lot of places to point to to research and even contact your local politician guy with the right right information. And as we move along in podcasts, we'll, we'll, we'll have podcasts specifically that will give you a rundown, right, on what to look for, what, how things should be, and how things are, right? And then the last one is that the same way you manage your bankroll is the same methodology, the same process, same thought process, the same decision science that you do your investment portfolio or your retirement. What do you think, Ray? Right. I I think that you should be, uh, you should have a plan, a quantitative plan, a methodology. You should stick to it. Uh, you should take emotion out of it as much as possible. Now it is different. You can't have it, the the difference between the two are you don't really have a, a, an option to be a passive investor in the markets. There's no like you know SPY fund that you can just let it fly and, and, and just track the, the S&P 500 or, or, or whatever, you know, you have to kind of be an active trader, investor, uh, back and forth in, in sports. Um, so you have to, that, that means that you're even more necessary. It's even more necessary that you're aware of how technical analysis works and how quantitative trading works and how market action behaves and behavioral economics and how that's all uh you know consolidated into the wolfline platform as well as machine learning and 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 email alerts and things that completely take your emotion out of it exclusively you know over at our platform and that's how it should how you should you should trade and you should not get too emotional and uh if there's something out there that can mitigate that then that's what uh that's the direction that you should obviously uh, go in. Right, right. And, you know, and, and then we, we give you extra tools, right, along with that so you can make the best decision you can for your entertainment and to build your bankroll. And as always, we've given you a whole rundown, and these podcasts are designed to be listened to up to, you know, two to five years from now. You still get the best information. All right, and you get information you do not. Vsin isn't talking about this. Uh, nobody else. The Nigerian brothers aren't talking about this. This is the only information you can get here. No, this is exclusive. You're not getting that anywhere else. Those guys are talking about stuff from 40 years ago. All right, so we we tackled regulations from A to Z, and we gave you real talk information you can't get anywhere else. And I always close with what Winston Churchill said as he got us through World War II. You make a life, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESPC Financial and Sports Betting Podcast.